I heard a message from my pastor this past Sunday, and it reminded me of something that took me back a little more than three decades. He was preaching a message from Psalm 42, and it was so good. In fact, I will link the message in the show notes to this podcast for those of you that want to watch or listen to that teaching on Psalm 42. I think it will benefit you. I think you will find encouragement from it. But as I was listening to his message, it reminded me of the most difficult season of my life. That season lasted nine years, the time when my uh, wife left me with our two children, and I was in a situation that I never anticipated, and it took many years to work through that process. And Psalm fifty-two, uh, Psalm 42, rather, was instrumental in helping me through it. So in this podcast, I want to share just two thoughts from this psalm. I'm going to look at Psalm 42, verse number 7, and also Psalm 42. Verse number 11, I want to share a few things that God taught me 30-something years ago, and I trust that they will benefit you. And the reason that I'm sharing these things is because the the holiday season, which is when I'm doing this podcast in 2021, can be rough for those experiencing their first. It could be their first holiday without a loved one because of death or divorce. It could be a joyless season because of the trouble in their lives that transcends whatever this season should mean to them, especially for those who name the name of Christ. But I remember my first, my first Christmas without my family, my first Thanksgiving, and it was not fun. (laughs) That's all I can say. It was not fun. It was a hard time. But God imprinted that season on my heart, and I've never forgotten it. I mean, 30-plus holidays, uh, holiday seasons since then, uh, my mind always goes back to my first. And that's why I want to write and do podcasts during this season, specifically uh, for the lonely soul, for the troubled soul. And I trust that if this is a difficult season for you, that this podcast will be beneficial for you. Hello, everyone. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You can look at the show notes if you wish. I do have an abbreviated version in all of our episodes of the podcast that I do. This is episode 378, and I titled it, Hope in God Does Not Change Your Circumstances. And that is an important truth that we all need to know and then remind ourselves often as we go through troubling times. Maybe it would be good for you to think of hope like a telescope that sees something afar off. And because of that which you see, it gives you a buoyancy that helps to sustain you when the troubled waters, when the billows are overflowing your soul in your present circumstance. And so hope is a telescope that has a practical eschatological application to it. Eschatology is the doctrine of future things, and hope is like that. It is real. It's a little bit different from trust. We want to trust God. Now, you could say that trust and hope are synonyms, and that would be fair to say that, that they're saying the same thing. But as you tease them out, you could also see that there are subtle differences That could also be transformative differences when you think about them as two different things. Trusting God has more of a present tense, 
practicality to it that I want to trust God in this present moment. I want to trust God in this circumstance. I want to trust God in this situation that I am making. I want to trust God right now practically. How do I do that? Hope is a little bit different. Maybe you could think of it this way. Trusting God is like looking through a microscope. As you are assessing at a granular level what is going on in your life right now, and you want to trust God on each of those itty-bitty aspects of your life, moment by moment, very practical, present tense. Hope is like a telescope. It has the object of your faith out there, and it has a gravitational pull that kind of pulls you through your circumstances. It allows you to maintain that buoyancy as you move through. Again, it doesn't change your circumstances, but it gives you a buoyancy while you are in trouble. Now, when it comes to Psalm 42, David talked about the hope that he had in God. In fact, he said it quite clearly in verse number 11. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God, you see the futuristic, eschatological perspective that David had. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him in the future. And hope can be just like that. And so I want to talk about the hope that we have in God. Again, I titled this episode number 378, if you want to get into the show notes and some of the other content resources that I have embedded inside these show notes at episode 378. But it's titled, Hoping God Does Not Change Your Circumstances. Now, fortunately, David had some wise words in Psalm 42, and I would appeal to you to consider memorizing this psalm as I did many years ago. I memorized the entire psalm. There were a collection of psalms that I memorized in Psalm 42 was one of them. And I leaned into this psalm many times. I mean, it would probably be fair to say a hundred times. Sometimes I thought about it. Sometimes I recited the entire psalm. Sometimes I dialed in on different aspects of the psalm, as I'm going to do in this episode. But I would appeal to you to consider adding this psalm to your memorization schedule, that you hide it in your heart and then begin to do that study of it, and you will find that it will help you through your difficult time. Now, again, in this podcast, I only want to look at verses number 7 and 11, 7 11. It will be easy for you to remember. All right, so here is what Psalm uh, 42, 7 says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. So here is David in some kind of trouble, and the waves and the breakers and the waterfalls have come over him. He is being immersed and submerged under the weight of whatever the trouble is that is in his life. And he is saying, deep 
calls to deep. Now, I remember when I was memorizing this psalm, and I was studying it, I read a bunch of commentaries, so I cannot tell you where I got this thought, but I read it in a commentary probably from a Puritan, as they do have some deep reflective thoughts on the entire Bible. But whoever said it, they said it something like this, uh, talking about this phrase, deep calls to the deep. And what the writer was saying is that he was creating an antithesis where these two uh, people were as far apart as they could possibly be from the depths of my soul, crying out to the depths of God. We could not be farther apart. Now, in reality, and I I think this needs to be stated, that you're never far from God. Uh, You're always in Christ. And so we're never separate, as Christians, we're never separated from God. We're always near God. But you can feel relationally distant. You can feel uh, emotionally numb. You can feel uh, out of sorts and out of sync with God. And so I'm speaking to this spiritual feeling that probably all of us have experienced to some degree or another where even though it's not theologically accurate, that we're separated from God, but it feels that way. And that's what this verse is saying. Deep calls to deep. And one of the illustrations that a commentator wrote about this, he said, it's like the bird that has just been hatched in its nest and its eyes are covered, canvas skin covering the eyes and its beak is wide open, open, asking his mama uh, to give him something to eat. And so I'm as, I'm as helpless as I could possibly be. I am blind. I am groping in the dark. I feel so separated from you, but my beak is open, and I am trusting you because I cannot trust myself. There's no self-reliance here. And from the depths of my hunger and the depths of my depravity, from the depths of my soul, I am calling out to the depths of your richness and the depths of your ability and the depths of your Uh, 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 sufficiency to be able to give me what I desire. It is the deep calling on to the deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Now, some of you have been in that position. You feel helpless. You feel distant from God. And, And from the depth of your darkness, you are calling to the depths of the light for God to break in and to help you to work through your present circumstance. And so Psalm 42.7 is a, a beautiful verse of helplessness, but also there is hope here because remember the psalmist is praying the psalmist is acting. The psalmist does have an object of his, of his faith. He is calling unto God. And so it's not totally helpless. It's, it's not totally outside of God's ability to perform the miracle. And then as you move through the psalm, in verse number 11, it says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil? within me. That's the first sentence, which is a question. And then the second sentence, 
David says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And there is a lot in this verse that I want you to not only perceive, and but I want you to grasp it, and then I want you to move beyond uh, being able to understand it intellectually, and I want you to be able to apply this passage into your life. So here you are, the deep, the depths of your despair, calling out to the depths of God's ability and his abundance as the waterfalls and the breakers and the waves are pouring over you. And then David turns to himself in verse number 11, and he asks, why are you cast down, O my soul? This is a turn of events. This is a mental turn. In his mind, he is not giving up to despair. You see, he is actively talking to God. And then in verse number 11, he begins to talk to himself. Now he is practically activating his faith. And I think what happens a lot of times when we find ourselves in despair is that we become passive spectators to what is going on to us. David, going what is happening to us, David is not doing this here. He goes from active calling out to God to active taking his soul to task. And so in verse 11, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Now, please note, I'm sure you have. David's talking to himself. He is actively speaking to his soul. It is almost as though you could just turn your head down, like toward your chest, looking at your chest, and and just begin talking to yourself. It kind of has that picture in my mind when David is talking to his soul. But what David is saying here, what he's asking is, why are you cast down? Remember, David is a, a shepherd, David understands sheep, and this word cast is a shepherd's term. When a sheep is cast, it basically means that the sheep is upside down, like a turtle on its back. A sheep has a high center of gravity, those long, spindly legs. They're not that long, but they're long enough to give the sheep a high center of gravity. And because sheep aren't that smart, they could be walking across a pasture and they could see this dip in the pasture, which could have the greener grass. And the reason it has the greener grass is because it's a dip and that's where water water settles. And it's not unusual for a sheep to be eating that grass and then find itself in a cast position. And so if you can imagine a sheep and a a, a little dip in the pasture where it, it has rolled over on its back and it is like a turtle on its back, and it can asphyxiate uh, if it is not righted up. And this is what's happening to David. And so he's he understands what it means to be cast down as far as the sheep is concerned, and he feels cast down himself. And that's why he's asking the question, why are you cast down? Who's he talking to? He says, oh, my soul. And why are you in turmoil? within me. And then the second sentence in verse 11, hope in God, for I shall again, and sometime in the future, I shall again praise him, my salvation, and my God. And so here's a few thoughts about verses 42.7 and 42.11 from the Psalms. Why are you cast down? 
Now, again, that happens to all of us, and we can find ourselves cast, I mean, at a moment's notice. I mean, you've had that phone call, or you have received that letter. You've had that conversation with someone where in a moment, I was just speaking in Michigan uh, just last week uh, at a marriage retreat, and there were other speaking opportunities there as well. And during one of those meetings that I had, uh, the pastor of the church came to me, and he said uh, that a uh, young man from the church was in an automobile accident, and they were not sure if he was going to live. Now, as I've understand the story since then, that he is going to live, and he will be able to survive uh, what happened to him in an automobile accident. But it was just that quick. He was cast, and the whole church was flipped upside down. And so at the break between uh, two speaking times that I had, one of the pastors called everybody together, and we prayed and asking God to intervene at various levels and in different people's lives as they were working through this tragedy that all of a sudden came upon everybody. And that is how quickly it can happen. And here's what I want you to know. David is talking to himself. Now, when you, are, when you find yourself in a cast position, you have to take the leadership in what's happening to you. Suffering is a leadership issue. Suffering and leadership are two sides of the same coin. If you cannot lead yourself through suffering, then your suffering will become exponentially worse. Suffering is not a passive exercise. And if you are suffering, there can be no passivity in your suffering. And that's what you hear with David. As he calls out to God, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. And then he turns right around and starts this soul talk as he takes his soul to task. David is leading the way of his own life as he's talking to himself. You cannot be a passive receptacle to your problems, and that's what happens so often. Many of you listening right now, you're automatically thinking of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones's book, Spiritual Depression, it has been quoted a zillion times where he said in, the I think, the very first chapter of that, that book that when you're going through trouble, you have to stop listening to yourself and you have to start talking to yourself. Suffering is a leadership issue. You have to actively participate in your suffering. If you do not then your suffering will begin to form a stronghold in your mind. A stronghold is a thought fortress. It is a thought that operates on an endless loop tape that just runs without any hindrance whatsoever in your mind. And it can say all sorts of things. God is not real. God does not care. Your suffering will never end. You are a loser. Whatever you put on that tape, and it can run in an endless loop fashion in your mind, and that is what a stronghold is, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, three, four, five, and six. And so you have to address the mental stronghold that 
could begin to build in your mind, this thought fortress that will take you down, and you need to bring it under the obedience of Christ. You cannot do that passively. You have to do that actively, which is what we see David doing here in Psalm 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? It reminds me of many days and many nights where I walk through my little mobile home asking that same question. And when you live by yourself, as I did, you can talk out loud, and I would just quote this psalm over and over again. Now, that is one way that you can actively take your soul to task by quoting scripture. In fact, that may be the best way to do it is to bring God's word to bear on your soul until the endless loop tape becomes God's word and not some other thought fortress that takes your mind captive and incarcerates you to the trouble that you are experiencing. And so suffering is a leadership issue. I can't say that more strongly, that you have to take the lead with the trouble that you're going through. And then the second sentence in verse number 11, David says, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for my salvation and my God. And this gets back to what I was saying earlier, that hope has an eschatological aspect to it. As I was saying, it's like looking through a, a telescope, and it presents to us the object of our faith. This is not about having more faith. Faith is not something that we quantify. The focus is not on our faith, but the focus is on the object of our faith. And that's why you want the object of your faith. You want that telescope to be be focusing you on God. He has to be the object of our faith. Sometimes when we find ourselves in trouble and when we look through the telescope, all we see is more trouble. Therefore, that becomes the object of our faith. And that's when that stronghold begins to develop in your mind because you become hopeless when all you can see is your trouble. That's why hope has to have not only an eschatological aspect to it as you're looking into the future through the telescope, but you have to make sure that what you're looking at, the object of your faith, is God himself. And so David says, hope in God, and then he follows it up with this confidence. I shall again praise him my salvation and my God. It's not that maybe I can praise him now. And there can be times in your life where it's just too, it's hard to utter praise to God, but somewhere in the depths of your soul, there has to be this hope. You see, hope does not change our situation. That's not what hope does. What hope does is it gives us a buoyancy, there is a buoyancy quality to hope that allows us to be able to float on top of those waterfalls or those breakers or those waves that are dashing on our soul. And it's important that we get this right in our minds. Sometimes we, the only thing that we can focus on is a change of circumstances. Now, I am not suggesting that you don't pray for change of venue that you don't pray for a change of circumstance. 
I, I please pray. I have prayed often back in that day for a change of circumstance, but that did not come. It, it's kind of like bread in the oven. For that bread to be perfect, then the bread has to stay in the oven for the proper length of time. But the hope is that you will pull it out of the oven at some point. And so there are times when we go through present turmoil where we have to stay in the oven of God's fires for a certain specified time. But even though we don't know the ending of the the fiery process that is trying us, as Job said in 23, uh, chapter 23, that when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God is the one that specifies the time. But the thing that allows us to endure in the oven or on the waves is the hope that we have in God. And so when I was going through the most acute time of my suffering, I did pray that God would end it and end it soon, but he didn't. It seemed like it just went on forever. Days turned to weeks and weeks to months and months to years and years almost a decade and still in the oven. But during all that time, there was an eschatological focus. As I looked through the telescope, I could say, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him my salvation, and my God. Now, as you hear these words, I don't want you to think that I did this perfectly. I sinned plenteously. I sinned often during that time. There were deep bouts of despair and depression and even hopelessness. As I struggled through this season, I do not want to communicate in any way that it was a joy ride on top of the waves because I was always looking consistently through the telescope and saw nothing but hope. No, there were times when it felt like I was standing on the precipice of time, looking out into the future, and there was nothing but utter darkness. But soon after, God would begin to reorient my mind and began to reestablish me in the hope that I have in God, that he who has started this good work in me in 1984, that he would finish this work, and that is the hope that I have. And so this is a beautiful psalm, and I would, again, appeal to you that you take the time to hide it in your heart. There are only 11 verses here. And then focus on verse number uh, 7. And then verse number 11, and read, uh, listen to this podcast again, and then do your own study of the psalm. If you're going through a difficult time, then this would be one way that you can actively take the point, get on the point, get on the lead, take the lead of what is going on in your life and begin to lead your soul. And so as you look at your soul, you ask the question, why are you cast down? Why are you turned upside down like a turtle on its back, oh my soul? And why is there so much turmoil within you? And you want to answer those questions. You want to be honest. You want to be honest without being bitter. You want to be honest with the facts of how you got in this situation. You especially want to be honest with any culpability that you have. You want to be 
clear you want to be completely honest with whatever may have happened to you that someone has done to you but then also what you have done but then whether rather than dwelling that on that exclusively you want to make the transition that he makes in verse 11 and he transitions in the next sentence hope in god and so as you examine why you are cast down in a most comprehensive honest transparent way you don't want to stop there because if you only stop at being cast down then more than likely you will drown in despair and you will become a bitter soul. And so you have to transition and you have to take your soul to task and do what David said here, hope in God. Okay, I'm going to ride. I'm going to have a buoyancy that's going to keep me above the water. And my, the object of my faith is going to be God himself. I don't know when this is going to be over, but I know who will sustain me through this trial. And you'll see that so often in Scripture. And so this is episode 378. The title of it is, Hope in God Does Not Change Your Circumstances. If I could add to that title, I would say, it can keep you buoyant as you move across the waters, the breakers, the waves of your circumstances. And if you're struggling and you don't have anyone that you can talk to, and you just want someone to listen to you, someone to give you a little bit of guidance, then I would encourage you to come to our ministry. This is what we do. This is part of what we do. Uh, we create these resources, as you're listening to now, but also, we are a dialogue ministry, and our ministry is underwritten by folks who f believe in us and believe in what we're doing, or they believe in what God is doing through us, may be the more accurate way of saying it. And so they underwrite our ministry, which allows us to do these podcasts and to give them away freely. But we also have a team of people that would love to answer your questions. And so please come to our forums and let us do that. Thank you so much for listening to episode 370. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.